You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture that I want you to hear now in just the next few minutes comes to us from 1 Corinthians. This is the first letter that we have of the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. It's a congregation that has many challenges. Challenges because they find themselves in the middle of a culture that's extremely diverse, that um, is so cosmopolitan that I'm sure that little Christian community was overwhelmed by all the things going on outside of their worship and their life experience. And within the church, there were, as there always are in churches, differing voices, and differing leaders. And so we see this letter coming to the church, written by Paul, to try to set some direction, to give some hope, and to help them understand where they can find their strength. You will remember, of course, that this is the book that soon gets to chapter 13, we call the love chapter. And chapter 12 talks to us about gifts of the Spirit. This is an extremely hopeful book. And here in chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is addressing one of the questions that's come up in the church. Well, who do we follow? There are different voices and different leaders. And in the midst of that chaos, the Apostle Paul gives his perspective. I invite you to hear this reading as George Moore, the head of our trustees, and one of the most innovative builders and problem solvers I've ever known in my life, comes to read this scripture to you. Thank you, George, and may God bless us as we hear this word. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. Who do you think Paul is, anyway? Or Apollos, for that matter? Servants, both of us. Servants who waited on you as you gradually learned to entrust your lives to our mutual master. We each carried out our servant assignment. I planted the seed, Apollos watered the plants, but God made you grow. It's not the one who plants or the one who waters who's at the center of this process, but God who makes things grow. Planting and watering are menial servant jobs at minimum wages. What makes them worth doing is the God we are serving. You happen to be God's field in which we are working. Or to put it another way, you are God's house. Using the gift God gave me as a good architect, I designed blueprints. Apollos is putting up the walls. Let each carpenter who comes on the job take care to build on the foundation. Remember, there is only one foundation, the one already laid, Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, George. And now I invite you to join with me in a moment of prayer. Speak to us once again, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the revelation we find in Scripture, by the engagement we have as we talk about faith with each other, by the learnings we receive when we put what we've learned into practice. Help guide and lead us now that so inspired and blessed and taught we might be prepared to go and be fully 
your people alive and witnessing to the world. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. What plans have you had changed in your life in 2020? If the only thing that is consistent in the world is change, then we can suggest that there's been an awful lot of life lived in 2020 because change seems always to be happening. All that we had planned in this year has had to have some adjustment, if not being completely recast. I think about those who this year have missed out on so much of the plans that they were looking forward to fulfilling, like graduations and uh, weddings, opportunities to travel, gatherings that they were looking forward to having that aren't going to happen, even looking forward to just living normal life was changed. And in that, some of the real basic, simple things we are used to doing, we now no longer are able to do. There's disruption in the normalcy that we used to live. And all of that can be frustrating. It can make us extremely weary. In fact, so much has had to change this year, it seems that the natural conclusion would be to quit trying to make plans. Just go with the flow and let's ride this all out till this crazy ride we are on is over. For those who have said in the past, if you fail to plan, you're really planning to fail. 2020 says, that's all that. I'm going to jumble everything up so much that it really doesn't matter whether you're planning or not planning. You just got to do what you got to do in the moment. All your plans are at best now guesses against unforeseen forces you cannot control. So we're tempted to want to just give up, hibernate, lay it down, and just quit planning, and just wait. Wait until things are better. Wait until things are more normal. But as that is a temptation, I want to encourage you to think today and consider today why that may not be the best plan for us, excuse the pun. You see, I think when we are faced with times of challenge and transition and change and, yes, even chaos, giving up is allowing the forces around us to take control of our lives. It is to understand that I really think that there's something that's trying to actually defeat us personally. To say, I don't want you to be able to live life to the fullest. I don't want you to be able to fulfill the pathway that God has planned for you. Give it up, lay it down, become inactive, become irrelevant to the world around you. And I want to suggest to you that I take such an attack against my life and against our life collectively very personally. I am more than willing to recognize the need to adapt. I'm more than recognizing the need at times to step back and to stop, but I will never understand 
why we think it's an appropriate response not to continue to move forward in faith in every given moment. Not long ago, I was listening to a podcast, and the title of the podcast, a little adjusted for our viewing today, was Go Ahead and Plant Your Blank Flag. Quit trying to wait things out. Go ahead and stake your claim. Name who you are. Plant your flag and go after it. Yes, you may have to take some road trips around what you uh, thought you were going to do, but you go. go. Just don't just sit and do nothing. Do something was the point of this podcast. You see, I feel like we have to, in the name of Jesus Christ, to continue to move forward. And I take the attempt by the forces around us like COVID-19 personally. As attacks against where God is wanting me and us to go. Over the years, in my ministry and in my personal life, I've spent a lot of hours with loved ones and friends who have cancer. And many of them have taken cancer on personally. It's no longer just some disease. It's a personal thing, trying to take their life from them, to diminish their life. I've had a number of those that I've walked with actually name their cancer. And they would begin to go to battle, to go to war against that cancer whose name was whatever it was. They would talk about how their daily battle was going against it because they wanted to put all their forces and energies into being able to defeat that which was trying to defeat them. I feel the same way about COVID-19 and all the things that COVID-19 has created. I want to go to war against it, and I want to do so logically. I want to do so in ways that actually make sense to fight something like this. I want to follow science. I want to do the things necessary to keep people safe so COVID doesn't get to win. You see, it is personal to me, and it's become more personal to me. I want to share with you that right now in our own family, COVID-19 has become far more than theory. My wife Laura's sister and our brother-in-law, and we're very close to them, are both in the hospital right now, very seriously ill. Laura's father, who lives with her sister and that same brother-in-law, had COVID and went to the hospital. They can't keep him now, but they don't know what to do with him because he has such bad dementia that he's sort of trapped, and no one can get to him or help or know what's going on. And in addition to that, our sister and brother-in-law, their eldest son, his wife, and their two young children, three and five years of age, all four of them have COVID. And the two young children have been having high fevers that have gone on for over a week. And when they don't have the high fevers, they have debilitating diarrhea. The family's very scared, and everybody wants to rush and support, but nobody can go to each other. And I feel personally attacked by this COVID. And I want to take it on. And I want to do so in ways to make sure that no other family or loved one that I have in my life is put at risk to go through what my family's going through. So I can understand the frustration. I, I share it. But I will also continue to be a focus, United Methodists, to say the first law that we will practice in our spirituality is to do no harm, and I will not put anyone at risk or harm's way until I know we can all be safe together. For I will not sacrifice any one of you so that others of us might get what we want.
It is personal. And it's also something so personal that I refuse to let it win to take away my and your ability to make plans. We're going to make plans for the future that we are walking into because that is what God would have us do. I ask you to pray for my family. I ask you to pray for all the families who are undergoing the struggle with having COVID immediately in their own family system and all of us who are struggling with the impact of COVID. Pray for us and pray against this disease. But let's defeat it in the ways in which diseases can be defeated by acting healthy properly and following the science. I trust God above all things. And I trust God gave us brains and the ability to figure out how to combat those viruses that seek to destroy us. That's how I celebrate faith. And I ask you to join with me in doing that. I also want to tell you that I refuse to give up making plans because I know that God is still making plans. And I want to be a partner with God in helping plan the future of faithfulness in my life and in our community. We know that God is a God who makes plans. In Jeremiah 29, in the 11th verse, the prophet passed on this learning about God, says this, that God said, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God is doing that right now. God wants to give us a future filled with hope. And if God is going to keep planning, then I, as a child of God, am going to keep planning too. Now, what does that mean? It means I want to make decisions intentionally about what tomorrow is going to look like. I want to understand what needs to happen next as far as I can determine that, to how to live in faith, to grow in faith, to witness faith, to be healthy with my family, healthy with my neighbors, healthy with my community, and most of all, of course, healthy in my relationship to my Lord Jesus Christ. And to do that, I take a look at what I can do and make plans to go do it. And I look at what I have yet to learn, what is needed in my life to be a stronger Christian, to be more faithful in my witness, to be able to dance and celebrate with Jesus Christ in the midst of times of chaos and stress, and I make plans to go learn those things. That may mean learning more Scripture. It may mean learning how to read Scripture. It may mean having more faith conversations with Christians who I admire and who can mentor me. It may mean making plans intensely to put space every day an opportunity to care and relate to others compassionately as Christ would have us do that. It may make plans on how I give of my life in all kinds of ways, but it's not to stumble into tomorrow, just sort of seeing what's happening. It's letting God take control of tomorrow and us being partners with God and making sure we're living as faithfully as we can. Now we know plans need to get adjusted. Things sometimes have to change. That's fine. God is an extremely adaptive God. God is capable of following us wherever we are, and pushing us to wherever God needs to get us to go. But God needs us to take that step and move forward. So make your plans to live faithfully and let God continue to use you as those who are also helping to fulfill the plans that God is making. And the scripture today that was read, the early church was trying to figure out what it meant to be faithful. And they were struggling with the chaos that they were living through. They were struggling because in their own little church, there was change going on, and that's hard. 
there was change going on as they were trying to figure out who should they be loyal to, what leader should they listen to. Paul had started them, but now Paul has gone, and now Paulus has taken over. Do we follow Paul? Do we follow Apollos? And there are people starting to take up sides and draw apart from each other, and Paul comes in and writes this letter and says, wait a minute. Look beyond the chaos. God has a plan for you, you church in Corinth. Yes, I came and I started, says Paul. And you came together, you became a community of faith. You proclaimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And now Apollos is with you. Think of it this way. I was the architect, but Apollos is the builder. It's not one against each other. It's go where the plan's taking you. Go where Christ is taking you, Corinth Church. Quit fighting about how things are or should be, but line in where God's plans are being fulfilled and revealed. Think about it this way, said the Apostle Paul. I am the architect, Apollos is the builder, and after Apollos there will be others, and that will continue to evolve, and life will continue to evolve, and it will change, and that's okay, because the foundation has always been and always will be on Jesus Christ. So adapt, change, reflect, move forward. Continue, Corinth, to start being the church that you need to be today so you can be the church tomorrow, Quit bickering about what was yesterday. The Apostle Paul uses this image around making blueprints and following the blueprints. If you're going to build something, you've got to have a plan to get started. And that's what blueprints are. They show you on paper what you're going to create in reality. Our church knows something about blueprints. We have a lot of blueprints in our history that have propelled us into the future. These blueprints that you're looking at right now include blueprints from the original building on this site at 6600 Walden Road. Back then in the 1960s, uh, early 1960s, late 1950s, this property was given to the church and this property then began to become a church as the people came together and said, here's what we think we need, not only for today, but to serve the congregations to come. So they built a building. And here are the blueprints that showed what they were going to build. And of course, you recognize that these blueprints are more than walls and ceilings and floors. They're the dreams and hopes of a people. They're the foundation of what God would use to touch lives in the generations and decades to come. And then there are the more recent blueprints. These blueprints you likely had a part in. You were part of the conversations. You've given money to the capital campaign. You've been blessed by using these facilities. All of this is another way in which we have staked our claim to say we are not only willing and wanting to be a faithful church of Jesus Christ now, we want to build for the future so as we continue to become a spiritual community center for those around us. And you know it was happening right before COVID. And of course, we could go, yeah, but it's not happening now. You know what? You're wrong. I wish the building were open and we were filled with people all the time like we were before COVID. But the fact is, those blueprints were not about building just the building. It's about bringing people together who said, we will come through a hard project. We will stay faithful through a long period of time so we can accomplish what God needs us to accomplish. Those blueprints did not build the building. They helped build the church. You and me, faithful together, even in this moment, as you hear my voice right now. And we are continuing to serve the community. Yes, altered, but we're not stopping, and we're not going to stop. And when the day comes... When those doors are able to be opened and people are able to be safe, 
we are ready. We have the resources right now ready to serve as we always have. And we are ready because we made plans. And yes, they've had to be adapted, but so were the blueprints, by the way. If you saw the original blueprints that were given to us by the architect and then look at the building we have today, it's not the same because we had to adapt. And in those adaptations, we built what God truly needed us to build. I believe that in my whole heart. So right now we are in a moment where we get to choose. Do we want to sit back and act as if, well, things are so just uh, in such disarray, we don't want to do anything? Or do we want to start making plans? Well, this church is making plans. We've just gone through five weeks of talking about our core values. We call it core training. Because to make plans, you've got to first understand who you are and what you're about and what you're going to do in the future. And our five core values drive us to be the church that we're called to be. We're called to be committed to Christ. That's first and foremost above everything. We are committed to grow in our faith. None of us believe that we know all that we need to know. And all of us have the ability to learn more and share more. And we're going to do that. You and I both know that we believe in transformational mission. Not only serving the community, but being shaped by the heart that is built when people walk alongside each other. You and I both know we believe in life-changing generosity because our lives have been changed. And we change others as we are generous in all manner of things, even in the culture of a community like this church, to be generous to share the facility, to share our hearts, to go where we're needed, and to make space for all who need a space, whether that's in relationship or in structure. It's what we believe. It's who we are. Inclusion for all. <laughs> We've come to understand Jesus Christ said, y'all come, and the table is big enough for all. And we have built a faith community where we believe all are not only welcome, but we will help reshape the table to make it possible for all to be here. And in that, we are blessed. We are strengthened. Knowing who we are at our core, we make our plans. And in this past few months, our leadership has been working to develop a blueprint. Yeah, a blueprint. A blueprint that it's got within it the celebration of these core values of our mission statement of connecting people to people and people to God. And then goes further and gets into the details of how we're going to do ministry over the next five years. Focusing on outreach, focusing on mission. And you can see in front of you this diagram that you find is one small part of the blueprint that lifts up the core values, celebrates the fact we believe all of our worship services are called not simply to be experienced, but to make a difference in the lives of others. And this model shows what the details of the blueprint gives to us. That's not a kind of thing that you're going to go and put on a brochure and send to the community because they really won't care about that. What they're going to care about is what the blueprint creates. But the blueprint will be the foundation that will remind us in every moment we are alive, we are vital, and we're going to the next step to do the next thing in the name of Jesus Christ. I share that idea with the fact that we have now a blueprint for our ministry. To say, just as we planned on how to build a building, we are not haphazardly just wondering what kind of ministry might evolve in the next year or two. We're planning right now. We have plans right now. We are making changes and evolving in how we deliver ministry, which has nothing to do with COVID, but comes out of the heart of who we are. Now, I'm telling you this so that you can know this is the kind of church that we are. And I celebrate that, but I also tell it to you 
is an invitation. It's time for you to make your plans. What are you going to do? How can Christ use you in the next steps of your faith journey and in the faith journey with this congregation? Oh, there's so much that's not known. I get that. But what we know is this. Christ is alive and real. The power of the Holy Spirit is flowing. And God has plans to reveal to you and to me for our future filled with hope. So I have a homework assignment for you. In the next week, take time to write down what are you planning for in your future that will please God that will help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and will help others come to know Jesus Christ more. Three things. What are your plans to come to please God, to get to know Christ better in your own life and help others come to know Christ? Make your plans. The truth is you may have to adjust them, but if you don't ever make them, you're going to wander into tomorrows and tomorrows and tomorrows and miss being a co-partner with what God is doing. Here in this place, we have plans. And there will be changes that come. Of course there will be. But we know who we are. We know who we serve. And we know why we exist. We are Clarkson United Methodist Church who believes radically in being committed to Jesus Christ, who understands that in all seasons, God is making plans for our future filled with hope. And right here, right now, we will not let chaos have the upper hand. To God be the glory. To continuing to guide us into tomorrow with hope, expectation, and the plans that we will live out to fulfill what God has asked us to do. May God bless you and bless all of us as we continue forward, standing on the foundation of all foundations. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.